Hi, welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. My name is Tiet Helimetz, and I am a principal dancer at San Francisco Ballet. This podcast series of Meet the Artist interviews is your chance to get to know us, the dancers, musicians, designers, and choreographers at SF Ballet, as we discuss our lives, the process in a studio, performances on stage, and more. Join us for Meet the Artist interviews, live and in person, at the Opera House before Friday and Sunday performances. Or tune in, all season long to hear podcast recordings of San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist interviews. Enjoy. Looks like we're all happy and ready to go. Again, welcome. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet, and I want to welcome you to this evening's performance, which is opening night of Helgi Thomason's Romeo and Juliet. And, oh, I know, uh, and welcome to this Meet the Artist interview. I'm just delighted to be here with Danielle Davison Oliveira, who. Hi, everyone, thank you has um, been a soloist with the company since 2011. Uh, Danielle was raised and trained in Brazil, came to join San Francisco Ballet School as a trainee in 2004, entered the company the next year, and was promoted in 2011. And you have seen him do the full range of contemporary and classic and neoclassic and narrative works. <laughs> and, and really, well, there was Rodeo, maybe. Um, so what um, you're going to possibly have the opportunity, if you come back, you'll be able to see Danielle as Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet. And his picture has been all over the advertising. And it tells me what a dramatic presentation you have made of Tybalt. Let's back up. Let's talk about how you were trained and why did you end up in San Francisco? So um, I'm actually from, you know, I'm from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and then most of my training over there. And um, I participated in a lot of competitions. And one of them, I received a few offers, like um, scholarships and contracts, and San Francisco Ballet was one of them. And in 2003, I was invited to come to San Francisco. And, um, but there were a few problems that happened in, in my school. I decided to take a break from dancing and start dancing again early 2004 to audition to this um, professional company in Brazil. I got in, and um, maybe two months later, I, my, my parents received an email from San Francisco Ballet School saying that they were creating a company for the school where I would have the opportunity to perform and uh, um, rehearse and perform with the company whenever I was requested. Uh, I, everything happened so quickly, you know, like I was really well set. Uh, where I was um, near my family, dancing really well, and I had two days to decide to come. And my dad asked, "Do you what do you want to do?" And I was like, "Let's see, let's try." And, you know, so I, in two days, I was already on a plane and I landed in San Francisco. <laughs> you know, 18, 20, 19 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> well, it sounds to me as though you were among the inaugural members of the trainee group then. 
I believe so, yeah, because when um, I was contacted, I think it was late, late May, maybe June, and uh, they chose the dancers from the summer program, of which they asked me to come and be part of it and take class and get used to the town and get used to the school, but the idea was already to bring me here to be part of the trainee program. And for those of you who are not familiar, the trainee program is a group of pre-professional dancers who are still students, but on the edge of leaving their student lives. Yes, uh, for me it was a little bit of a step back because uh, I was 17 years old. I was already dancing professionally in Brazil. And I decided to take the opportunity, you know, like just a step back and then I go through uh, the process of going through to through the school again and perhaps joining one of the great companies in the world and, uh, you know, no regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, as a member of the company, you have, as we said, done absolutely everything. And, of course, this company is known for the broad repertoire. Do you have a particular favorite type of performer, a performing role, for instance, the acting roles, the classical roles, the contemporary parts? Um, I don't know that some might not know, but I've been here for many, many years, and I think one of the great things about this company is that the dancers are capable of performing every type of style. And I think why the longevity of my career in, the, in this company has been, um, I don't have necessarily uh, favorite roles because I feel like if I forget something I might feel guilty later for forgetting it but you know I've done everything from uh, very classical stuff and then very contemporary and everything in between. We I think of in recent well actually it's been several years of watching you in more dramatic roles and you certainly inhabit dramatic roles. Um, some of them are sort of villainous. Some of them are very sympathetic. Some of them are comic. I was thinking about Don Quixote and Gamache. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do quite enjoy it when it comes to a role that I get to act. Not that if I'm performing a certain type of ballet and I keep in a pleasant face, it's not a problem or a dramatic role. But when it comes to um, a role that I get to act, it's always a little bit more special for me. But yes, one of my favorite roles, I said I don't, I can't really say one, but performing Gamache was a blast. I only had one show. Oh no. Oh, I was busy with all this stuff, but it's okay, I understand. And Gamache, for those of you who don't know, is comic very exaggerated, very extreme, and you certainly threw yourself into it. Yeah, well, I had one show, I had to do it. <laughs> and that, but in other shows, you were Espada, who is the... Oh, very, very different characters, background. Uh, one is super serious, macho man, whatever, and uh, the other one is, it's a very flamboyant guy who is like very happy all the time, and he's in love with this girl, and he's willing to do everything to be with her. So we've recently seen you in uh, the part that we might call the anti-hero. Um, early in the season, we saw you as Hilarion in Giselle. Yes. And as we've mentioned in uh, Romeo and Juliet, we will see you as Tybalt. 
Yes, yes. Uh, Hilarion was the first time actually I got to do that role. I quite enjoyed it because, and again, it's a role that I got to act and uh, there are many scenes and uh, it basically tells a story uh, just like Tybalt that we were talking about. They are the key of chaos because if it weren't for them, nothing would happen. I mean, the important things, you know, the drama and people dying. Uh, we want that, right? No? <laughs> Well, we can talk about dying on stage in oh, a sorry. minute. Spoiler um, alert. Before we really talk about Tybalt, which we're going to do in a minute and a half, um, say a few words about the ballet, Romeo and Juliet, and the music, and the, the drama of it, and the history that you have to live into. Um, is, it, is it a ballet that you look forward to when you see that it's going to be on the season? Romeo and Juliet is definitely um, one of the uh, most special ballads for me in this company because when I was in the school, um, I was asked to come to a lot of rehearsals and uh, we got paid to come to those rehearsals. And uh, in a few, maybe a month later, I got a paycheck with that much money that I'd never seen in my life and I said, oh my God, I'm rich. So what I did, I took my, my roommates to a very nice dinner at the North Beach and treat ourselves. Um, but um, the music is amazing, the production is amazing. And uh, you know, back then, and being on stage with dancers I used to watch on VHS and, 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 and you know, watching them from so up close and in later years sharing roles with them definitely makes it more special. So this, have you done other parts in Romeo and Juliet? Absolutely, yeah. I, well, as a student, I started, a, you know, most of the core parts. And then once I joined the company, I also, you know, I kept doing those parts, but also did um, the acrobats, which I, I had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, there was a little bit of artistic freedom of being a little silly on stage as long as I got the steps right. Um, and then later I had the opportunity to learn Tybalt which is certainly my favorite. So we've circled around Tybalt, but now let's talk about Tybalt. Let's talk about the Who guy. is Tybalt? Put him in context of the story and then a little bit of his personality. Well, definitely uh, intense and passionate. I guess it sounds a little redundant when you say those things to describe his personality, but he's extremely skilled fencer and uh, loyal to these people. And his relationship to Juliet is, he's her cousin. Yeah, right? it's family, you know, he feels that, uh, his people, he, he feels extremely protective of her. So um, he's willing to do anything he can to protect them, and uh, especially when it comes to Montagues. <laughs> so, in case anybody doesn't know the story, um, there's this rivalry between the Montagues and the Capulets. A little bit. A little bit. A small one. So, um, so how does Tybalt um, really take the story forward? You have a pretty important role that way. 
Yeah, just like being the key of chaos because he he, he sees people getting too close to his people when they're not, I mean, technically not supposed to. He feels like he has to do something about it. And um, because of his personality and the way things are were back then, um, having wealth, power, I guess, nowadays as well, it translates in thinking that you can do whatever you want. And Tybalt is a person that um, often uses force and violence to uh, solve any problem. So you'd say he's probably a bully? A little bit, yes. Mm. Um, and I was thinking also, um, and you've mentioned he's loyal to his family, he's probably also a product of his time. Absolutely, yes. And his class. Yes. Um, that's what I said in terms of when you carry a name and uh, the wealth and the power, you know, just bring everything together. You feel entitled to do anything, but uh, it's a combination of being respected and feared at the same time. And the, um, the acting that you're required to do is pretty, it's in the part, but how much interpretation are you allowed to bring to it have you worked, you've done the role now over a few years, a few seasons. Have you developed the character in any way? Yeah, I had, um, you know, besides having good directions from uh, the artistic staff, I also, when I started doing it, I had great dancers in front of me. I remember I was either third or fourth cast, but I could watch so many other people doing the same thing, but differently on their own way. So. Years later, when I got more comfortable with it, I, I was able to come up with my own version of it. And um, I understood also because the character has a personality, it doesn't mean that for the whole two and a half hours of ballet, I have to be upset. So I have to be able to um, be okay and be maybe enjoy a little bit at a party and be upset again. And then enjoy and be upset again. You know, like you gotta be, have you got to have up and down because it must be exhausting to be upset all the time. <laughs> be that, that arrogant. Um, you, um, for those who came in after we started, I just want to repeat that I'm having this conversation with company soloist Danielle Deviso and Oliveira. I'm sorry, my okay. brain just went into. Tybalt. Okay. <laughs> I'm having this conversation with Tybalt. Um, so uh, when we watch the ballet and we watch you uh, acting, we also watch you um, dancing. Not a lot of, you don't have a classical variation. No, no, Tybalt doesn't really quite dance in this ballet, but he uh, spends more time with the acting part and the mm -hmm. fighting. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fighting. So. One of the things that everyone is fascinated by, if you've seen the ballet a hundred times, if you happened, is there anyone here who is seeing it tonight for the first time? Oh, there are folks. <clears throat> Let's explain to them about the sword fights. So how does that start? Um, we have, um Marty Piston and, and Dexter, and, and they, are, they have been working with the company for as long as I know. I think, believe, I, well, I've been in here since mid-2000s, and they, I think they've been working with the company since the 90s, um, teaching everyone um, 
the technique of fencing, and then Marty is the director of fights. And they are very meticulous and very competent in what they do. And that's why it's important for us to have those classes and rehearsals many, many times, because even though they are not quite sharp, they're still weapons and you can get hurt, which it has happened. So you've had to learn uh, choreography, of course, but you had to learn technique. Of course, yeah, yeah. We spend hours learning technique. At first, you start slow without a sword and learn how to pair and how, how to move your body. And uh, then later, you get the swords and you, you do it by yourself, learn the movements, and uh, uh, they pair you with different people and then switch different persons so everybody gets the choreography correctly. And then I understand uh, Marty was, um, did collaborate with Helgi in 1994 when the ballet premiered. So he's been in it since the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I think they collaborated on the actual choreography, but it would be Marty who would say, do the fight move, and Helgi would say, well, I need to have a character over here and a character over there. And, Somehow yeah, they made it work. I, I believe that's how it worked. I mean, it was way before my time when it was choreographed, but um, um, he's the director of fight. So I, I believe that Helga tells him what exactly, where the, the characters need to be, and then Marty do the rest. So when you're watching it, it will look chaotic. It will look dangerous. There you go. Um, how rigid is the choreography? I, I do have a, quite a few fights, and uh, some of them can be a little bit tricky, but uh, again, I have been doing this for, for many years, and I quite like fencing, so like, it takes a little bit, of, it's easier for me to uh, do and remember, because, you know, like I'm, you know, besides doing my job, I'm quite enjoying it. I understand that uh, in casting, you have to fight um, Romeo, um, and you Not fight... Not only Romeo, but uh, Benvolio, Mercutio, and... So you fight all yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, do you stick with the same cast? No, no, I, I, I have um, performed with different casts. Like, every, every time we bring it back, I have done it with different people. So you have to learn new timing? Correct. rhythms? Yes. Uh, it all depends, uh, you know, like I'm familiar with it, so it all depends on the other side if uh, whoever is playing whichever character, character is uh, new to the part, so that they might need a little bit of more time, but it takes, uh, it's different for each person. And talk about the night of the performance. So you get your makeup on, you get your costume on, and then... Yeah, you get a little bit of, uh, you know, like just a usual get ready for the show type of thing, you know. Uh, uh, get a little bit of movement on the body and get a makeup on. And then right maybe 10 minutes before the show, we have a fight warm-up. And that, you know, like a, it's used to warm up and also remember the choreography. Because it's critical. It's absolutely important. And can you imagine, like, you're throwing swords and everybody's, like, looking the other way? And, yeah, it will be a little bit silly. So, like, we're trying to make it everything look uh, as real as possible. And I think you'll be very impressed. It's, it's yes. pretty amazing. It's very good. Huh? Um, a question that has um, 
it always interests me when a dancer has been in the production as long as you have, you've danced as many parts in the piece. Do, does dancing all those different parts help you when you get the solo role like Tybalt? I mean, it's quite different because uh, Tybalt is not a dancing part. So while you do the town, you dance and you act happy or you act sad or scared and everything else. And uh, you, are, you have a lot more people doing the same thing you're doing than you, when you come to a part like Tybalt. You kind of, you, the center of attention for some moments. So like, I feel like the level of concentration um, and acting, uh, it's, uh, it's a completely different. Does it help you to, I'm trying to imagine, does it help you to have been in the core and to know what's going on? Oh, absolutely, yes. The, I, the featured part. Yes, knowing the production and knowing what's coming and how, how everything is going to be definitely helps to start from one point and then build up. Mm -hmm. um, I have one more question about you and Tybalt. Do you think that he's a villain? Oh, uh, maybe yeah, anti-hero. Uh, I don't know. Okay. He's, uh, I mean, it's complicated. <laughs> because I have, I have been in the audience when the curtain calls came along and Tybalt appeared, and there were boos. And um, um, yeah, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that happened in yeah. uh, Swan Lake as well. I was playing Rothbard, and, uh, and it was like the first time. I was like, "No, are you such a Good bad guy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so I am looking at our clock. We have a few more minutes, and it's our custom to open up um, to questions from the audience. If you have any questions for Danielle about Tybalt, about Romeo and Juliet, um, we'd love to take them now. Just uh, He played Hilarion, who was in Giselle. Um, and in Don Quixote, oh, yes. that was it, Gamache, which is one of the characters. And Espada, that might be what you think. Espada is the Toreador. He has a very bright yellow costume. You can't miss him. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he does really cool dancing. He does really right. cool dancing, yes. Um, anybody else? Questions? Oh, uh, let me repeat the question. Um, how has your family responded to your happily going halfway across the world to move to San Francisco? I guess I can say that I'm a little bit spoiled because I have a fantastic family and it's well supportive. And um, for you to have an idea, my dad was part of the military in Brazil during the 80s, late 70s and 80s. And uh, you know, like it was a little bit hard to be a ballet dancer in the 90s in Brazil. So I was bullied a lot because of that. And uh, I guess being a kid, I had moments where I was, you know, like, I, you know, I'm getting tired of this. My dad said, wait a second. So my dad started taking ballet class to motivate me and keep and have me keep doing ballet. Same thing, you know, like I, there was a trend. We had earrings, you know, like and um, in school, you, I got earrings. I was like, hey. And then my dad, wait a second. And then he got earrings for the both of us. Fantastic. That's a great story. Thank you. Thank you for asking. Pretty cool that. family I have, I have oh to say. Oh my gosh. Um, the question is what kind of a ballet town is Rio? Uh, you would be surprised by, uh, you know, like Brazil sports a lot of talents all over the world. 
And uh, Rio de Janeiro has the biggest ballet company probably in Latin America. Uh, and the company is sponsored by the government. So once you get in, which is a really difficult thing to do, but once you get in, you have a lifetime contract. And it's a beautiful theater and, and you know, great dancers. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of talents, they decided to, they decide to leave Brazil uh, and to dance in other places, perhaps some, somewhere smaller because of the quality of life. But the, but the the big beautiful opera house beautiful. and the theater is beautiful and a and very a, yeah, strong company. great yeah, yeah. It, I mean there's a lot of a lot of companies in Brazil and a lot of talent but you, you understand that Brazil goes through some social and political issues that you know like of course I wouldn't say that was the main reason why I'm here because I, I was too young to know when I when I when I moved to San Francisco and then, you know of course I knew some things I didn't, didn't live on a rock. But my parents, you know, like always raised us very well, as, as well as they could. So a lot of things would just go over my head. And moving to San Francisco was just more like opportunity to dance somewhere huge. Oh, well, and it, it's our benefit that you chose that. We have time for one more question. Um, the question is, have you trained in other styles, and how has that influenced your performance as a ballet dancer? Yes, when I start dancing, I, I you know, besides ballet, I took some, some small classes of jazz and, and tap, and uh, I did a lot of ballroom. Um, yeah, <laughs> I still try to do it, um, but I, I think... Yeah, I think I also when I started dancing more, I had more opportunities to dance different styles. So that helped kind of, you know, like improve my, my, my other sides besides the classical ballet. Well, we have reached the end of our time. And I want to thank you, Danielle, for giving us these insights. Um, can you give us your... Your performance dates. When can we see you as Tybalt? Yes, uh, I will be performing um, Saturday matinee, which is tomorrow and next Tuesday, as of now. So you line up. <laughs> um, thank you all for being a wonderful audience this evening. Enjoy this performance. I know you will. And we look forward to seeing you next season. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about SF Ballet or to attend in-person Meet the Artist interviews and performances, visit sfballet.org. See you at the ballet.